Good morning. Good to see you today. Hey, let's give Colin a hand for helping us out today. Thank you for playing. Colin is in town. Maybe some of you may not know that Wilma Easter, who attended our church for a long time, has passed away, and I can't help but think that uh, Wilma's here today just rejoicing, seeing her grandkids lead worship today. God is so good. Amen. Amen. So remember the McClure family. I kind of want to just add on to the song, This Is How I Fight My Battles, before I get into the message today. I feel like Jesus is wanting me to share this with you. I was thinking about a lot of times when we sing that song, This Is How I Fight My Battles, maybe we don't always understand what does that mean? And it's talking about worshiping, that this is how I fight my battle, that I worship the Lord, that I, that I seek to lean into him despite what's going on in my life. It reminds me of, of a story uh, that we've been following on Facebook. There's a friend of ours, my wife and I, that we went to school with. His name's Ryan. Ryan is in his early 40s. And Ryan all of a sudden started having some really bad pain. And I mean really bad pain. They took him to the doctor took him to a bunch of different places, couldn't find out what was going on with him. And long story short, he ended up taking him to KU and he had a bunch of his intestines removed. And at the end of all of it, he, he has a colostomy bag now and he was inches away from dying. And in the middle of all of that, he said that he was in such severe, severe pain for days and days and days. And all he could do was just praise the Lord. And for me, I'm like listening to that and I'm thinking like, wow. He said, all I could do is just, I want to glorify God through what I'm going through. And, and you know, it's hard for you to, to invite you into the whole story when you haven't been following him. But the amount of pain that he was in was just unreal. And so hopefully he's on the mend now. But I share that with you because Ryan could talk to us today about what it means is this is how I fight my battles. That in the midst of what's going on, I praise you. And as followers of Jesus, that's what we're called to do is to praise the Lord. And so I just want to tell you today, if you're in the middle of a battle, if you're in the middle of a fight, if you're in the middle of a physical affliction, you're in the middle of something that is about to take you down, is causing you pain or mental pain or physical pain, that how you fight your battle is just to praise the Lord and to lean on him in the middle of that. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you today. My name is Kyle, if we haven't met, and we're excited for what God wants to do today. We're in the middle of a series called Letter to Philippi. We've been looking at the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12, if you have your Bibles and you want to go there with me. If not, and you got the YouVersion app, you can go there, go to the events section, look up Pit Naz, and you can find that. But we're going to be there uh, this morning, and we're going to be looking at a specific passage of Scripture that is my wife's, probably my wife's favorite passage of scripture. It's definitely up there for me too. And it's talking about forgetting and moving on, forgetting the past and moving, be, moving on to what God has for you. And I'm just going to be up front with you today. I'm not going to try to pull any punches with anyone this morning. I'm going to ask you right now and then later at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about it. But I'm going to ask you if there's anything that you're holding on to that you need to let go of. Now, it might be something small like an argument that you had on the way to church with your kid about wearing socks or something like that, you know, and all of that. But maybe it's that thing that is you've never really totally let go of or you've put it down, but now you're picking it back up. 
And so Paul talks about what it looks like in Philippians chapter 3 to let go of things and to move forward. Because the reality is it's really hard to move into what God has for us if we're constantly looking at what's behind us. And so today we're going to talk about that. So here's what Paul says. Now prior to this passage of scripture, Paul spends some time talking about if anyone could be confident in Christ, Paul says, it would be me. I mean, all the things I've been to, I've been shipwrecked, I've had all these things happen to me, and I'm trying to follow after Christ. He said, if anybody could be confident, it would be me. But he says in verse 7, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, he says, but I consider all those accomplishments nothing for the sake of, of knowing Christ. And so with all of that, he says, not that I've already obtained Christian perf- perfection or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, this is the verse that our key verse today, let's read it, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is saying is, listen, I accomplished some things in my past that were, some people would look at and say, wow, that was great. He goes, but they don't mean anything. See, you got to forget the, you got to forget your successes. You got to forget the pride of your accomplishments. You even got to forget your failures so that you can press in and chase after Jesus and what he has for you. And what does he have for us? He's called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature, right? Okay, you all know that person that, that I'm, my, my kids play baseball and, and different sports, and you all know those parents that like the kid does something and they're like going nuts in the stands, and a lot of times it's because they've never done anything like that before, they've never been there before, and so all of a sudden something good happens, and they're like, oh man, that's just awesome, and you're like, oh man, come on dude, calm down, and if that's you, I'm sorry, I apologize, all right, but here's what he's saying, listen, don't sit there and, oh man, all your accomplishments in Christ, or, or sit there and mope around in all your failures. He said, listen, if you're mature, you, sh- you need to take a different view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is what, church? And their God is there, and their glory is in their, their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on, on earthly things, but our citizenship is in, it's in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So what we're seeing here in this passage of Scripture is Paul talking about what it means to forget what's behind, whether it be successes or failures, and to press in and strain towards the goals that Christ has for us as believers, and one of those is, is heaven. And so as we do that, there's some things that we need to note. Now, if you were to interview Paul today, you were to bring him up here and you were to ask him, 
what he's getting at, I wonder if this would be one of the things that he would say. I think he might say, it's hard to focus on what's in front of you if you're fixated on what's behind you. Let's say that together. It's hard to focus on what's in front of you if you're fixated on what's behind you. There's a reason that the rear view mirror is much smaller than the front windshield. The front windshield is for us to gaze at, and the rear rear, rear windshield is to glance at. Say that five times fast. And the reason for that is we need to spend more time looking ahead than we do behind us. Some of the reasons that we look behind us, maybe things that we're proud of, things that we've accomplished, other reasons that we look behind us, something that someone's done to us, or something that we've done to someone else. But Jesus came, we celebrated it last week with uh, Good Friday and with Easter. Jesus came and said, It is finished which means we don't have to focus on the good or the bad of the past, but we can, be, we can set our course on what Jesus has for us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad today? But the problem is many of us, we fixate on something that's happened. But Paul says, forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. You know, it is easy. You've heard people say, well, I forgive, but I don't. I'll forgive him, but I'm not going to forget it. But you know, it doesn't say forgiving what is behind. It says forgetting what is behind. Well, I got to thinking about that. How do you forget stuff? You know, I can't honestly say I'm, some of you have an excellent memory. You can remember things from 15 or 20 years ago. I have a hard time remembering what I did last week, but some of you are really good at remembering things and even better at remembering things where someone's done you wrong or you've done someone wrong and we hold on to that. But I've been thinking about what does it mean to forget? And I think what, one of the easiest ways for us to get in a pattern of not remembering the, the things in the past that we're ashamed of is to be so in love with Christ and to be so focused on him and fixated on him that there are things in our past that we're not um, proud of. And there's things in our past that if we want to sit there and try to recall, we might be able to remember. But because we're so fixated on Christ, those things are not front and center in our life. Does that make sense? There's things in my past, just like you have things in your past that I'm not very proud of. But I have to be honest with you, and this is kind of a testimony. A lot of those things I have to sit and really think about to even recall because it's not a part of who I am anymore. And I don't share that as a good or bad thing. I share that as a testimony that we can all experience as we're walking with Christ. You really think about with Paul specifically, Paul had some really bad failures in his past and he had some really great successes in his past. And he's saying we need to forget both of those. And the only way that we can forget those things is to fixate on Christ and who he's calling us to be. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things that Paul could have focused on was Stephen's death. Now, if you don't know Stephen in Scripture, Stephen was the first Christian martyr, which means 
He was stoned to death. I'm not talking about marijuana. He was stoned to death by rocks, by people. See, one of the things that they would do when they would kill people back then is they would stone them. They would take stones and they would throw them at them until they died. And that's a pretty graphic and severe way to die. You probably would have a hard time getting the image out of your mind if you set in on someone being stoned to death. And it wouldn't take a rocket science to figure out that it might be easy for Stephen to hang on to that. Because, in fact, Scripture says that, well, not for Stephen to hang on to it, but for Paul to hang on to it. Because Scripture tells us that Paul was at Stephen's stoning. In fact, he was called Saul at that time. And he was one who was encouraging the persecution of the Christian church and those who were trying to proclaim Jesus. So naturally, when Saul comes to Christ, he probably is feeling some regret and some remorse for how he stood up against the gospel of Christ. In fact, when I came to Christ, I started feeling all kinds of remorse and guilt for different things I said and did. My past actions, how I'd hurt people, offended people. Maybe some of you have experienced that before. And here he, he was there when Stephen was stoned, giving approval to it. In fact, here's Stephen. They covered his ears, and they're yelling at the top of their voices, and they all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city, and they began to stone him. And meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of, let's read it, a young man named Saul, who we later know to be Paul. Some things are easy to forget. Some things are harder to forget. It's easy to forget your child who doesn't want to wear socks to church and you get in a disagreement. That's, we get that. That's easy. It's easy for somebody who's a little crabby, you know, to forget that. But it's harder sometimes to forget those things that aren't so easy to forget. It's one thing to forgive another thing to forget. Paul says, I forget my past successes. For those of us who are filled with pride that like to think about all we've accomplished. And we forget our failures for those of us who, who just beat ourselves up over and over. Paul says, on both accounts, I for, I, 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 they're both no gain. I count them all as a loss. I want to know Christ Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.1 that we are to be imitators of Christ, that we are to follow after him. And if Jesus says it's okay for us to forgive and to forget, then it's okay to forgive and forget. Here's a quote. Now, I'm not related to Will Rogers. He just has my last name. But here's what it says, or I have whatever you want to say there. Don't let yesterday use up too much of today. Somebody needs to take a photo of that and look at that every day. It's so true. Let's read it. Don't let yesterday liquor stores make a lot of money off of this. People drown in their sorrows. 
medicating themselves in some form or fashion to try to numb out yesterday. If I can't forget yesterday, I can numb it away. And and it might not be alcohol, it might be relationships, it might be all kinds of, take on all kinds of forms and, and different types of looks, but Jesus died so you didn't have to numb away yesterday. Jesus died so that you can be forgiven of yesterday and you can move on from yesterday. And Jesus died for the person who did you wrong that they can move on and you can move on and strain towards what Christ has for you today and tomorrow. Yeah, amen. Amen. You have to believe that, church. But here's what we believe a lot of times. I believe that for my neighbor. I believe it for my neighbor. I'd put the scripture on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that says that I can move on and they can move on, but I'm really probably not going to. And when we do that, we're making ourselves and our own opinions bigger than what Jesus said when he said it is finished. Listen to what the NIV application says. Paul had reason to forget what was behind. He had held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr. We have all done things for which we are ashamed and we live in the tension of what we've been and what we want to be. Because of our hope is in Christ, however, we can let go of past what? We can let go of past guilt and look forward to what God will help us become. Let's read it. Don't dwell. Instead... Grow in the knowledge of God by concentrating on your relationship with him now. Realize that you are forgiven and then move on to a life of faith and obedience. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because of your failure or success in the past. Oh, it doesn't say that. Sorry, I got that wrong. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because of your, let's read it, hope in Here's Saul, who later became Paul, who was at Stephen's execution. Not only was he there, but he was encouraging it, and he held the coats. Hey, you want to throw a rock at Stephen? Here, I'll hold your coat for you. Make it easier for you. Just throw them over here by me. And then you have... Paul saw coming to Christ and now doing all these wonderful things in the name of Christ and everybody looking at Paul and saying, man, he's, he's a man after God's own heart. And Paul later, when he's writing this, giving you a little context, he's saying to both of those things, I consider them loss. I forget the successes. I forget the failures. My focus is straining on towards what's ahead. You want to know one other thing that goes along with this that sometimes it's hard to forget? towards what's ahead and sometimes it's hard to strain towards what's ahead because someone in your life keeps dragging you back to a past success or a past failure. Some of you, you've tried to move on from something, but every time you get with your kids or your grandkids or somebody else, they they try to remind you of your failure or they remind you of something. 
Can I tell you what matters more than what you think or what they think or what they're trying to bring back to you? It matters what God says. We can forget what's behind. We can strain towards what's ahead. The other word that we saw a couple of different times in that passage of Scripture is the word pressing on. Say that with me. Pressing on. I think Nolan Ryan was like 46 years old when he retired from baseball. He threw like around 100 miles an hour all the way up until when he retired. And one of his rituals that he would do to strengthen his arm is he had like a, I don't know if it was sand or rice, but he had like a 55-gallon drum of sand or rice. And he would take his pitching arm and he would press his arm down into the rice or to the sand. He'd just sit there and press it down there until he'd get down to his shoulder and then he'd pull it back out and he would do it again. You know, when you think of something like that, there is strain. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation, amen? Christ is fully, he said it is finished. There's nothing that we can add to it or take away from it. It's fully given to us, it's grace. At the same time, to strain towards the plans that God has for us, to move in the direction that God wants us to move in our heart and in our mind, there is a pressing in that must take place. There is a, a, an effort to strain towards what's ahead. How many of you had to strain to keep your mind on Jesus in the middle of COVID? How many of, how many of us believers... I'll put mine in the air, especially early on in the spring last year when you're hearing all these things, was it really difficult to not allow your, your mind to get filled with all kinds of fear? Now, as a believer, I know that perfect love, Scripture says, dries out fear. And I realize that I'm, you know, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. We're going to sing about that here in a little bit. But the truth is, in order to live that out, we have to press into Christ. Amen? We have to press in, which means there's going to be all kinds of things going on around us. But it doesn't matter about what's going on around us. It matters what's going on in us. And Christ died so that we don't have to have everything around us perfect. But we can live for him because we're pressing in. And so Paul says, I press on. See, pressing on is more of an intentional thing than it is a natural thing. When we become believers, sometimes we think, well, then everything's supposed to just work perfectly. And the reality is it doesn't work like that. The Bible says that here on earth we'll have troubles and trials and death and loss and heartache and bad cancer reports and failures and disappointments and our heart broken and all kinds of things will take place. Paul says in the middle of those things, I press on and I press in to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me. Pressing on is more of an intentional thing than it is a natural thing. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead he says, I press on to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, following Christ and maturing in Christ requires perseverance and endurance. Now, we know this, at least if we've grown up in the church, we'd get it right on paper. But the truth is, sometimes we forget that. 
To grow up in, in Christ requires perseverance and endurance, a willingness to let God have all of us, even when things aren't going well. I shared that story with you earlier about my friend Ryan, who got really sick that I went to school with. What I, it's, you kind of get emotional watching these videos, these updates of him. He's in severe pain and he's just praising the Lord. He's practicing perseverance and he's practicing endurance in the middle of some really hard and heavy things. And I wonder today if the Holy Spirit maybe is gently tapping all of us on the shoulder this morning and reminding us we're not called to be work brittle. We're not called to go into a panic every time something goes wrong. But rather through faith in Christ, to persevere and endure. That's not the sexy side of walking with God. But the truth is this morning, it's what we're called to do, to endure and to persevere. So the question I'd have for you is, are you enduring? Are you persevering? Or does every time something come up, you find yourself throwing your hands up and saying, why? Listen to this quote from William Barclay. Endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory, specifically God's glory. You know, we think of that. Well, I just got to endure this. I'll be glad when COVID is over. I'll be glad when this is over. I'll be glad when I don't have to deal with this anymore. And humanly speaking, I identify with that. We all identify with that. But man, just listening to Ryan, seeing the testimony of other people, what if God wants to use it for his glory? That changes an attitude and perspective. Here's another thing. Mature believers view this life as preparation for the next. See, what Paul is trying to say is, is the reason I can't focus on the failures that I've had and the reason that I can't boast in my successes and the things that I've done well and sit around in my pride, the reason is, is that I'm understanding that our life is called to prepare for the next life. Paul's saying, I don't have time to sit around and just look backwards I've got to be about the work of Christ. And can I just be honest today, just straight honest with you? The last few months, year, however long, it's been easy for the church to become somewhat immobilized. And we just kind of sit around and just, you know, just go to church and keep my distance and all that stuff. Meanwhile, People still need to be saved. People still need to know the hope of Jesus Christ. God still has plans and strengths and gifts and purposes for all of us. And I feel like God's calling us as a, as a, in the world and as a country and as churches to wake up and be about Christ's business, preparing people for Jesus The Bible says that our life on earth is a vapor, which means it's not all that long. 
And we're called to be about Christ's work. Mature believers view this life as preparation for the next. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I I have often told you before, and now say again with even tears, many live as enemies of cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await as a savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Here's what the application Bible says. The phrase lowly bodies does not imply a negative attitude towards the human body. However, the bodies we will receive when we are raised from the dead will be like glorious bodies, Christ's resurrected body. Listen to this. Those who struggle with pain and physical limitations or disabilities can have wonderful hope in the resurrection. Aren't you glad? That person you know that died physically suffering, they're not suffering anymore if they're in Christ. So here's today's principle. Don't dwell in the past. As believers, our goal is heaven and Christ's likeness. So pursue it with all your heart. Christ is coming again. So be prepared so you can help prepare others. So here's my last thing as the band comes up today. What are you spending your days and nights and time focusing on from the past? What would it look like for you to allow God to have that? What's that one thing? I'm not talking about most of the things, but what's the one thing that you can't forgive someone else did or you can't forgive yourself for or you're taking so much pride in that it's not giving you the humility you need today to hear God say something else to you? Paul's saying, I consider all of those things loss so that I can pursue Christ and what he has for us. So this morning, as we stand together this morning, I want us to simply ask you, what do you need to forget? And the way you forget it is not sitting around and saying, I want to forget it, I want to forget it, I want to forget it, I want to forget it. The way that you can forget what what is behind and strain towards what is ahead is to be so fixated on what Christ has for you now and who he's called you to be that that's consuming your mind and your thoughts. It doesn't mean that that you physically forget something that happened in the past. Maybe you do. But what it means is, is that's not what your focus is. Someone can be unstuck today. We all know that person that's stuck. Sometimes we don't see it in ourselves. 